Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Oh, it is. And it's telling me the memes are all time today. Heck yeah. To listen to this show, find us on 4eyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And just real quick, we'd like to take a moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, and David. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, of course, of course, we're nearing the end of the first season of the very first <gasps> Spider-Man show, the 67 Spider-Man show, which of course means we have a guest with us. And this time we've got a very special guest, writer of many comics, including Psycho Goreman, Beast Heart Strikers, WWE, and Down Below. We've got Lan Pitts. How's it going, Lan? It's going a lot better since I watched uh, these two episodes today. Yes. Oh, I like to <laughs> you, hear that. You got a good draw, I will say. You got, I got a good, good couple of episodes here. <laughs> I got great apps. Mm. Have you, well, I mean, my next question, I guess that's a great segue, because the next question was what your background with Spider-Man was, and if you have ever actually seen this show before. Uh, I had. Uh, I used to actually own this um, DVD collection when I, yes. I bought it. Oh. When it came out, God, when it came out, 2006, 2007, something like that. Something like that. Uh, I was working at Toys R Us, so I got my discount and scooped it up and just binged it in like two days. Um, they do not hold up whatsoever in any sort of form, <laughs> from storytelling to animation to uh, anything, any part of the Spider-Man mythos whatsoever. Uh, I, I and obviously we're going to go get into that uh, when we talk about characters like Noah Body, but it definitely <laughs> reminded me of. It was still in that same vein of like the Nicholas Hammond uh, Spider-Man live action TV show. In the sure. fact, in the fact that um, comic continuity really isn't a thing. It, like, um, like uh, I, I used to have the uh, Nicholas Hammond uh, t- TV movies on VHS, and like, what was that Day of the Dust? Something like that. Something uh, again, like that, yeah. not a Spider-Man villain to be found. No one cares. <laughs> it's it, it, it's Peter as Spider-Man. Uh, and he does webs uh end of list yep yep <laughs> uh, um and but at least here they they at least capture the comic sense of the times um uh, i mean because this came out everyone you know it's 1960 1967 so spider-man mm-hmm. had only been around for five years at this point five right. six years when did fan when did amazing fantasy 15 it's like it was 61 six- 62 right yeah I, 63 was amazing spider-man number one so i think amazing okay so it had to be 62 was... yeah had to be. okay so i mean because that was around the golden age, you know the the real golden age of marvel marvel i was thinking of fantastic four hitting in 61 so this is where my comic knowledge comes in yeah so i had a, you know i was a, you know i was born in 83 so i was a child of the 90s and if you weren't reading spider-man in the 90s especially like mark bagley's legendary artistic run um mm-hmm. and then like tom defalco 
I got, I was just talking about uh, Black Cat's really weird costume that DeFalco did um, <laughs> a, a couple of days ago. Um, and just the many iterations of Alicia. Cause I like Felicia. I just think she's, you know, she's, she's the perfect spider foil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every, every good boy needs a bad girl. And yeah. she incorporates that so much. But uh, for about this show, yeah, I watched it. Uh, I had never, I had only seen like bits and pieces, but it was just because it never aired anymore. Anyone was heard about this show because like yeah. Wizard or somebody was talking about it. But it never had like an official release, if I remember. I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember like, um, like the Filmation Batman show had official VHS releases. I don't remember the Spider-Man show ever having official releases. So this was the first time where I really dove into that. Yeah, um, I think that there were some things that would be released from this show, but they were very rare. And I think sometimes because I, I have friends that have said that they had either DVDs or VHS tapes and they might have been bootlegs. But I think in a lot of cases they would be like Canadian releases or something. Right, like right, that. right. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I was more familiar with Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends more than I was this show because I watched Spider-Man yeah. and Amazing Friends. God, I'm trying to remember where it was airing for a time. It was airing on tv for a time and i can't remember when maybe you don't swim like late at night or something because um, i remember abc family ran it in like the mid 2000s maybe, okay that yeah. makes sense because i i caught a lot of that for the first time in like a thousand years mm-hmm. and so when it when it came back to disney plus i told a lot of friends to watch it i was like oh this is a really surreal show again comic continuity takes a jump out the window and then a yeah. bullet on the way down and <laughs> like but my favorite episode is uh, Dracula, the Dracula episode. I, I think that is just so insane. <laughs> uh, and how uh, he, uh, there's the prom episode and Dracula tries to uh, kidnap Firestar before they go to prom. It's just dumb. It's just so dumb, but so like of the time material. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fact he didn't even look like Gene Colan, Tomb of Dracula either was kind of a burn too. But, <laughs> but He's right there, guys. Damn, you have your own Dracula. Use him. No. All right, fine. Uh, and, and he, he's fine with Magneto. He's fine with Doctor Doom. And it makes zero to no sense. But I love the... I want to say Goblin actually has his broomstick in that. I could be wrong. He may have the glider, too. A lot of spider memories come together. We've all had that problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of when shows. You can, <laughs> yeah, you confuse separation anxiety with maximum carnage. It happens. Shriek appears. It's all the same thing. Uh, we've all been you. there. We've all been there. Um, but that was that was my sort of relationship with Spider-Man. And, uh, I mean, just child of the 90s. And, God, Richard and Mary coming back from the dead. Quote, unquote, Richard and Mary coming back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was just talking to a friend uh, and a writer, Daniel Kibblesmith, because uh, Venom just had his birthday the other day. Ooh. And it was the first appearance of Venom. And I was like, oh, my God, never forget. You can never forget <laughs> yoked up Brock on the weight bench <laughs> mullet full blazing ahead and just like god why does he have a 26 pack this this is bad <laughs> jesus christ eddie um but it's just one of those images like McFarlane's art uh larson's art all that stuff and it's it's so funny now because i'm friends with todd that i oh. i i just i'll we talk like twice twice a month and nice. just catch up but i love talking about like his inking stuff I don't know. Like the, our big nerd stuff is I just talk about like I'm I just saw him at um New York. So I'm in New York Comic Con and then he uh we chatted while uh he was inking Batman spawn pages. But I love watching that guy just 
ink the shit out of things. Can I say shit on here? Yes. You can say whatever you want. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it's just Spider-Man thing. So, I, I don't know. Because, I don't know. Yeah. So, it's usually like, hey, kids, let's talk about Spider-Man. And then you got guys out here like, well, then he died because he <laughs> inseminated Mary Jane with this radioactive cum. What do you want me yeah. to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, yeah that was the thing. so um so i even i'm gonna nerd out for like a hot sag but spider-man was like my first fan fiction like that nice. was my first fan fiction i was like in middle school i created my own like spider-man of the future right after mcgill o'hara i was like fuck it <laughs> it's the this is i have all my original i'll i'll find all these sketches and send to you um oh, oh send to you, you Derek. um yes but his name is shadow spider Ooh. He was an Irish immigrant by the name of Brian McLaw. Uh, <laughs> and he came over and he was like in a he was like a Fortune 500 billionaire guy. And like his I, I basically I, I did all the tropes. Like his girlfriend's brother was killed, and he's like, This sucks. I know what I'm <laughs> gonna do. And like he talks about like the mantle of Spider-Man hasn't been picked up in like 200 years or something. And I was I was eleven or twelve, man. Yeah. I don't know what you want. I like, it sounds I mean, it sounds like basically Batman yeah. Beyond if it was Bruce Wayne picking it up from Terry McGinnis instead of yeah, first yeah. <laughs> basically it was it was like so he had his own like he had his own like wolf you know he had his own like uh, spider clan there was wolf spider silver spider oh hell yeah uh, oh, that rules um, I love wolf yeah, spiders so, <laughs> That's awesome. oh yeah no he 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 was dope uh, he had like his own. Um, you know, rogues gallery, everyone was kind of like futuristic and dumb shit. Uh, again, like I, I want to do, I want to find, I want to get together with an artist uh, and make like a proper like zine and revisit all these dumb characters. Oh, that's uh, one, one day in my life, Please. one day, one day. This sounds very much my shit. So if okay. that happens, I am so excited. Uh, that well, sounds I mean, all I, all I wanted to do as a kid was make comics, like, which is dumb because I, I, I figured I couldn't, so I went to school for acting. And <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my degree. I'm a theater yeah. major, and that's so <laughs> I mean, if we want to throw down, we can talk about Ibsen and like postmodern theater. We can we can do a nice dissertation on Pillars of Society. Uh, oh boy, that's all you but, two. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, like that's that's my degree. That's and because I was like, oh well, no, comics are just like a far reach, and they're they're so unobtainable and and anything like that and then like i didn't end up using my degree i was in la for like a year and some change and oh, who uses and, their degrees in yeah, way? Say, like i know <laughs> i made mine into a hat and so <laughs> it's it's just it's it's such an interesting like trajectory i've had of like you know then becoming a writer working for like entertainment outlets like newsarama fangoria shotgun reviews uh, comic book, and now I'm full time at a uh, GameSpot, which I have to correct people. I don't sell video games at GameStop. No, no, <laughs> this is no different. Whole other thing. Uh, I interview mainly interview wrestlers and talk comic movie news on for GameSpot since I'm the guy. I'm also the fantasy nerd over there. So when Will nice. of Time came out, I was the guy who got to talk to Rosen and Pike and Daniel Heaney, and that was just absolutely great. Um, they were absolutely delightful. And so I'm waiting for the second season. Um, nice. But but yeah, that that that's me. I feel like I feel like Spider-Man is he's he's got the greatest costume in comics. 
Yeah. He's oh, full he, agree. <laughs> everyone says Batman. I no, it's Spider-Man. No. It's Ditko was on next level shit when he did that. Um I I am also in the theory that it's red and black, not red and blue. And <laughs> It's just coloring style because it was coloring the same way that Batman was being colored at the time. And his costume was black and then it just sure. got translated into blue. Mm-hmm. I believe the first incarnation of this costume was red and black. I buy that. Yeah, I totally buy that. too. Uh, Which means you are certainly a Miguel O'Hara in a black costume guy, right? Oh, yeah. I, oh, <laughs> oh, man. How sick is it? When you, like, it's fine with the blue. It's fine in the blue. Plus Miguel and... Um, when I finally got Spider-Man for PS4 this year, hello, uh-huh. um, Miguel and Ben were my two, fa- were my like go-tos because I just love their yeah. costume. Yeah, I, again, '90s kid Ben O'Reilly was like, "Oh yeah, it's dope, sure, perfect." And then you learned that no, Peter Parker was the real Spider-Man all along. <laughs> Whatever, sure, Whatever, Tease a, sure. break my heart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just. Loved that costume, and I loved like the giant spider. I loved the web shooters on the outside again, taking cues from like Nicholas Hammond in the 70s. Also, I love as much as people dog Amazing Spider Man 2, that costume is 9,000 9, chef's kiss, yeah. and maybe like you know, a little quickie in the closet, just like a little bit. Um, <laughs> just like yeah. chef kiss a makeout session for this costume, just yeah. The big Bagley style eyes, the right colors, like the right blue, the right spider design. Yeah. And I love what they did for No Way Home at the end. Like that blue is perfect. And like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Peter's in his costume. Great. Cool. But, but, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> um, eight years, uh, eight years ago, uh, that is just, it's just the perfect costume. Yeah, yeah, like, you're, yeah. You're not going to find any disagreement about no. that here. Okay, <laughs> today, okay, great. still my favorite. Yeah, to date, it's still my favorite movie costume. Um, and maybe if we see a practical version of Tom Holland's lighter blue suit in the next one, maybe it'll have some competition. But as of as of yet, there's no competition for me. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two is an amazing suit. Agree. Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a, a bad hack interviewer question for you. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> What of of the comics you've written? Uh, which ones would you? Which ones do you think have the most influence from Spider Man in them? If if any, or is it just kind of generally Spider Man is just generally all there? I I think Beast of Shrek is for sure because it's full of you know essentially immortals still trying to find themselves, you know, constantly trying to find their place in the world, and Peter was always trying to find his place. Mm-hmm. Even when yeah. he was, you know, from teenager, you know, he's been Spider-Man since he was 15 years old, to, you know, college professor, to freelance photographer, to living off his wife's income, to <laughs> to not doing anything, uh, to back to being a college professor, to being then like, well, he was he was a he was an inventor and science. I mean, he's a scientist by default, but there was that um, brief run where he had like the glowing spider costume, yeah. uh, the symbol, and then he was like a. Inventor, he was like Stark's analog. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> it's it's constantly him trying to find himself in a world that may hate him. Sure. Or, or and so for a lot of like the the wisecrack and the light sense of humor and and everything like that, I, I it's definitely be Star Trek. There's this more youthful approach. That's what I would definitely say, especially like how Stan wrote it. I try to be as direct as possible um, nice. with my writing. I, I got compared to Grant Morrison in our first uh, Radiant Black backup, and I hated it. 
Uh, oh, wow. don't, don't compare me to Grant Morrison on this. It's cool, but thank you. But also like, ah, oh, shit, don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, man, it, it's it's cool. Um, and Joe got love, uh, a lot of praise for his stuff. And Frank yeah. got a lot of uh, praise. But, but it, right off the bat, I don't know. I, I feel like you can sum up things pretty easily if you really try. But I don't know. I don't think I've written like my my Spider-Man book. I, I haven't done a the teen superhero trope yet, but um, we're getting there. Nice. It's inevitable. Inev- in- inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, do y'all want to start talking about these uh, very prolific episodes of this of yeah. this show? Uh, yeah. History making episodes. Oh, Seriously. for sure. Yeah. It's wild that both of these. Like these two are paired together uh, of all things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we've talked about it many times. This uh, is, this, uh, this show currently isn't available legally really in streaming form anywhere. You can find it if you look, uh, or you can try to find the DVDs if you want to pay a lot of money for them right now. But, uh, you can find them if you, if you really look, uh, just yeah. not legally. Do you know why that is? We have, nope. we have really <laughs> struggled to understand because we, every, every time we think there might be an answer to it, there's not an answer. Like, yeah. there's no rights issue that we can understand that will be preventing it from being on Disney Plus. Right. Truly yeah, there's no, no obvious clue. explanation. Lots of theories have been floated by us, but yeah, not sure what the right one is. Like when, you know, when Batman 66 finally came on streaming and, you know, the DVD and Blu-ray release, everyone was like, oh yeah, finally. Uh, just because of the rights issues between Fox and Warner Brothers. It's a Fox show, but it's Warner Brothers characters. So that makes sense. Spider-Man 67 makes zero sense in why it's not available, unless Mm -hmm. uh, they're just like, we don't want to host this anywhere. That's no, the only thing that nobody I really... needs to watch this. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of wonder that. And then maybe no one's, you know, there's not enough of a stink being made about it for them to like feel pressure either way. Cause right. it, cause yeah, like there's no rights things that seem like a closet. It's also like not buried. Like it's part of internet culture, but I guess if there's so many guns in this show, it is such a weird show. Like there's a few racist episodes, like maybe all of those things are just sort of like, let's just not deal with it. And, and you yeah, know, just lots of little things. You yeah. Know? Lots right. of little right. things, like maybe. one big thing. Right. Yeah. That's my only guess, which is still stupid. Cause it's just like, I don't know. I feel like you've got way worse stuff yeah. on Disney plus currently than this. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> So this episode, this first one, this first segment that we're talking about, it's uh, from Spider-Man 67, season one, episode 19, segment A, titled To Catch a Spider. The synopsis I came up with is Spidey faces the sinister three and a half. Oh. Original air date was <laughs> <laughs> the original air date was January 13th, 1968. I was very proud of that, by the way. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we the, the characters highlighted here are the aforementioned Sinister Three and a Half. We get four returning villains, uh, and it's a cool mixture. Some of them are classic rogues gallery uh, villains, and one is a 67 original villain, which I did not see coming. So I think that's very exciting. Also very exciting that all of them are voiced by their original, or in the case of the Vulture, most recent voice actors. So we had like a moment where they switched up a bunch of voice actors and it seems like the past few episodes were back to uh, (laughs) using the same folks that we're familiar with. Nice. Nice. (laughs) So let's get into what happens here. The segment opens with our invisible friend, Dr. Noah body, who we have met before uh, freeing electro green goblin and vulture, all of whom we have met before from prison and proposing the trio work with him to destroy Spider-Man. 
Pretty immediately, the trio bicker over who will be the one to actually finish off Spider-Man, but with new tech from Dr. Body, they do work successfully together to terrorize Spidey. So Green Goblin has a new pumpkin bomb that blacks out Spider-Man's spider sense. Vulture has these new egg concussion bombs that sap Spider-Man's super strength. Sure. And Electro <laughs> is Electro. Sure, right. He's already basically a thun- like a lightning god, so he doesn't get an augment. He just, um, you know plays messenger and uh, practices restraint in not killing Spider-Man. Yeah. So a few things about yeah. this um, right off the top. Oh, okay. Yeah. What in Dr. Noah body's first episode, uh-huh. did he like have this like fast talking noirish like way of speaking? Cause I feel like it, it, it feels maybe it's just him compared to the very like over the top, like radio actor vibes of the other villains that he's put up against. But it feels like, I don't know. It feels like he's doing something different with his performance this time. I don't know if any anybody else had that thought, but it's just uh, I just feel like in that in the very first scene, he's just like I, I can't remember the line, but it's just like the way he's just like fast talking. Like it feels like it is out of a '40s noir movie in a way that like very few characters on this show actually talk like. Yeah, they're all like that. I mean, uh, they have eleven minutes to cram in <laughs> as <laughs> much as much stories as much story as possible. Um, I don't know. Maybe because he's a scientist. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I wish I could remember more specifically uh, his first performance. He he didn't feel quite as much like a radio guy, even though almost all of these actors are radio guys. Yeah. Um, he felt a little bit more like a classic, uh, classic. Uh, like I don't know. He was a bit more street level than this. Like here, he's playing a mastermind. So I don't know if that's affecting the way the performance goes. But it is the same guy. So I'm not sure why it would be uh, different. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's not. It's not that interesting. We can just move on. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I think it's notable because we've gotten returning characters who are completely different. I mean, we just yeah. talked about a character that looked, sounded, and was acted by somebody completely different, but was clearly meant to be the same character. So I don't yeah. think it's nothing. Yeah. It's not Noah by nobody. It's not Noah body. <laughs> Never mind. Oh my god. I'm on. Noah body has an answer right for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nailed it. Nailed it. Great. <laughs> So back in his bedroom, Peter studies up to concoct a plan to stop this new trio and claims that each one of them are simply too stupid to be the mastermind behind their team up. <laughs> so he figures out it must be Dr. Noah Body because he's the only one who could get away with freeing them all from jail without being seen. And of course, because this is 1967, he cooks up a new web formula to prepare for his next fight. Let's talk about let's talk about Peter breaking down the. So first of all, he has these great eight by tens of his villains. Yeah. yeah, really good like posing shot. Like Electro's just standing there, Goblin's on his glider, and I can't remember what Vulture's doing. I think just flying. But yeah, he's got these really flying. good like. Oh, okay. You got how'd you take these photos with Electro just not doing anything in them? <laughs> but down the line, he's like, well, he's fucking dumb. He's fucking dumb. He's fucking dumb. Yep. <laughs> like down the line, and it's like Peter, just because you're smart doesn't make everybody else stupid and he's like no no it does it absolutely does i am the smartest man in the world everybody else is stupid peter you don't really think that do you oh every day (laughs) every day habitually and it's just really weird how god yeah it's just so funny it's all the insult it's the same thing like electro stupid vulture's got bird seed 
Goblin's got pumpkin seeds. <laughs> Man, to, to hear oh, I'm Green, so smart. To hear Green Goblin of all yeah. villains be referred right. to as like taking first prize in a stupidity yeah. contest. It's right. like, show, oh well, all right. the they disrespect. Have, <laughs> have no no respect for Green Goblin in this show. It's hilarious. Hero. Uh, yeah. Let's also we we skipped over something real quick because I'm going to mm-hmm. go to my notes. Uh, everybody's in costume in jail. Love it. Oh yeah, love it. Everybody's in like they just left them in there like because i don't think it was revealed norman was green goblin at this point obviously yeah we were trying to figure out where the timeline was on that and Mm -hmm. we figured that this stuff was in production before that happened even if the episodes themselves might have aired after so yeah they probably were not privy to that yeah no which Easily. I mean, it explains a lot then with how they treat Goblin, where it's just like he's just this dumb weirdo in a Halloween costume. Like obviously he's a stupid <laughs> villain, right? But they they <laughs> introduce Goblin in the comics as a guy trying to take over the underworld. Like he's not like a bit villain. It's so strange. Right. He to wants me. So, out of the yeah. gate. What do you want to do? Run hell. End of list. Exactly. I know. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yo. Yeah. Um. And I, I love the caption of the go- uh, the first Goblin appearance. It was something like, don't you think he looks cute? We don't! Like, wow. <laughs> it's something really? it's, it's something like that, but it's out of the gate. Just complete, just dog-watered. Just completely <laughs> fucking Green Goblin. What a dog shit villain. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. He's also- on a broomstick and he's got pointy shoes. Right, right. <laughs> also, when Peter is talking about the stupidity of all these villains with, um, the, I think it's Goblin and Electro or no Goblin and Vulture. It doesn't really matter. But with those two, he's like, he's like talking about their, their stupidity and like actually like putting his finger on the pictures on, on their heads as if he's like measuring their heads as well, which also oh feels a little like, <laughs> bad vibes um, from that. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a road you would go down, man. No. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> not this it time, is, anyway. It is interesting, though, Lan, that you bring up the fact that they're in their costumes in prison, because I don't know that I've thought about this. Have we gotten villains that explicitly have alter egos or origin stories in this show, Derek? Other than the lizard, I mean, which, you know, that's obviously a different kind of villain, but otherwise, yeah, they haven't. The, the lizard and then the fly twins. Um, but in terms of, like, you know, comics villains like major usually just like are the villain and that is yeah no i mean well kingpin's in this isn't he he is but we haven't met him yet in the season he doesn't start he doesn't show up until the next season oh okay yeah we've mostly run into either the 67 original ones who are usually more normal people with like a weird power or a weird object that gives them powers or we get like the most supervillain version of the rogues gallery characters mysterio we did see his face and he's oh. the one who's the vulcan <laughs> in, in his first oh appearance. that's right yeah 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 the vulcan mysterio right <laughs> beautiful yeah yeah well goblin vulture and electro continue to argue over who will deliver the finishing blow can you guys uh figure out how this episode's gonna end um but <laughs> Dr. Body whips them into shape and they meet Spider-Man on the docks for what they call their final showdown. And as you may have expected, it goes terribly wrong for the trio because they just can't get along, especially when Spider-Man impersonates them uh, with what he calls ventriloquism. I think they're a little bit confused on what ventriloquism is in this. I mean, considering he wears a mask and no one can see his face. Look, Um, but okay. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about this for a quick second. mm -hmm. 
Um, just a quick second. <laughs> just a quick second. Just a quick, quick second. So ventriloquism, it doesn't the fact about like his mask and anything. It's just it's it's throwing your voice. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's throwing your voice, but I mean it doesn't really work. It's just echo location or whatever it is. It's weird. But um it's very bright for midnight. <laughs> I don't know if you guys there was literally I I the sun caught, was on, up. caught on to that. Yeah. There was the sun was up when he was going to the docks. And the I was like, that's not midnight. <laughs> and unless that's supposed to be a harvest moon. Um I don't know. It's just again quality animation A plus. Oh, yeah. uh, but it I can't remember. Does it actually explain what they're going to do if he doesn't show up? Oh, like, no. hey, meet us at the dock for our final battle. What if what if Peter was just like, no, no. Electro says if he doesn't show up, they'll destroy the city. How? That's it. I mean, <laughs> that's not that's not plan. That's not a plan. Or they'll policy. do it. They'll they'll just they'll just do it. No. They'll just destroy the city. <laughs> he won't. You know, they could do it. They could just destroy it. I mean, if any of them could, Electro is <laughs> maybe the most equipped, you know? Sure. So That's dumb. <laughs> but we're going to, yeah, obviously, you know, they, they end up fighting and he wins. And uh, we haven't got to the end of this episode yet. So I'll let you continue on with your notes because I, I have a really big, I have a big, I have a huge question to ask. At the sure. End of this. Well, yeah, probably. I think we all have a similar question, probably, <laughs> if I'm guessing. But let's okay. go. There's, okay. there's not okay. that much left. I mean, he he's able to web everybody up, basically, because with the other three out of the way, Noah Body presents pretty much no challenge. Um, and he delivers the whole group webbed up to the police with a note that says, this large economy pack of villains brought to you by your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's okay, really I want to stop you for just a second. I w- yeah. Yes, I want to stop you for a second though, because you're because you were kind of correctly, but also in the context of the episode, underselling like oh, Noah Body's not going to be a big deal because he's just the invisible guy with a gun, which is correct. But before like the preceding that, Spider Man is very specifically like, huh, I know who's going to be the toughest guy yet, Noah Body, and like he specifically and we know that's says not that true because there's ninety seconds left, which means you're not going to fight him at all. Buddy. <laughs> and also, he's an invisible man with a pistol, <laughs> and that's it. It's just very funny that it's just like. I, dude, you know what you're getting. You defeated the Electro. Like, you're fine, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If he was real smart, he'd make the gun invisible. <laughs> I mean, And honestly. then you shoot him. That's true. He keeps himself invisible. Like, that's a thing he's doing. It's not inherent to him. So, theoretically, he should be able to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. I think. If he you can think? make his clothes. Wait. Is Noah body naked all the time? We've never seen him, so we don't know. know if he's wearing clothes or not. Well, because I was going to ask, can he yeah. only do it to like organic matter? I don't know. Uh, or like living matter. Good. And possibly. if that's the case, that dude's naked. Yeah. It's just classic invisible man shit going on. Yeah. I, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only thing left is that Peter uses his ventriloquism uh, to make Jonah insult himself. That's how our episode ends. <laughs> sure. No. No. <laughs> You forget that. You forget this part. The Betty Erasure? The Betty Erasure. Because <laughs> she's the one who says to Jonah, no, Spider-Man defeated them using ventriloquism. Betty, were you there? Right. Betty, what do you know? Why do you know this? One fact. That is how a great you, question. How do yeah. you? Because she corrects Jonah. Because, oh, they're working together. Betty intercepts that and says, no, he beat them using ventriloquism. You know, Peter well, clearly... Have- Clearly, Betty watched the episode. I well, mean, <laughs> but this is, you know, Derek, I'm actually shocked no one's really ever asked this question. Betty does this a lot where 
the news story hasn't been printed and she wasn't present and she's like no spider-man did this jonah so this is not the i mean this is probably the most specific thing she said but she does this so betty is out there she's doing something (laughs) right (laughs) betty's the watcher (laughs) yeah maybe i i am in the firm belief in this show, Betty knows Peter's Spider-Man and playing dumb the entire time. I love that. I love that. Out yeah. of out of respect for Peter and to infuriate Jonah. I mean, it checks out. I mean, this Betty is very sharp. She is generally treated with respect by the show. Yes. Um, and by, ev- well, there's not that many characters. But I was going to say people in the show outside of Jonah. So it would make sense to me. I could easily buy that. Yeah. That's, that's how I kind of got the gist of this episode. Because she's just... Matter of factly, no, Jonah, he used ventriloquism. Peter should have given a double take and be like, hold up. <laughs> Spider-Man did what? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, Spider-Man, like, he threw his voice and then they beat the shit out of each other. And Peter should have been, huh, were you there? And that's when Betty turns to the camera, oh, I have my ways. <laughs> and then winks, and Peter is suspicious of her for the remainder of the series. This speaks to me deeply because I love <laughs> characters that uh, seem to know who Spider-Man is, but it's never explicit. Like, yeah. uh, we, we've talked a bit about the 2017 show. We've covered one season of that. And there are at least a few characters in that show where I'm like, you have to know he's Spider-Man. And I love that you're not saying anything. Yeah. Like, it's, I love that idea. It's the Clark and Lois situation when yeah. Clark finally revealed to Lois that he was Spider-Man. It was such a huge, huge deal because after, like, decades and decades, like, Lois is so smart. How come she hasn't figured it out? And, you know, the explanation was, oh, well, it's the fact that she just can't see Clark in that way. This is her own, mm-hmm. not ignorance, but her own perception of Clark yeah. as a human. Sure. And basically a subhuman in some instances. <laughs> yeah. uh, those 40s and 80s comments were she was <laughs> not nice to this man. <laughs> and but then that's later retcon where she's like, oh, I figured that out like week two. And he's like, why don't you say anything? She's like, I didn't want to embarrass you. <laughs> and I like that as the rationale. I like Because it could be I so many practical that. things, but I love that. I she's like, I, I I figured it out like why would i <laughs> who would i tell why would i yeah. tell anyone like if you didn't want to tell me it's obviously you couldn't tell me but i knew i love that yeah, yeah i love that it's all, i love all of that yeah the stress is still there the stress for the hero exists whether they know somebody knows or not right like right. they're still going to worry about it they're still going to be concerned but they've made their decision and the person who's not saying anything, especially if they're like, well, you didn't tell me, so I figured you didn't want me to know. Like, there's something kind of subversive about that in the context of superheroes and, uh, like, uh, secret identities. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, MJ figures it out in Far From Home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I love when she does. I mean, we we talk about MJ's superpower being just, like, her ability to read social, like, just people and social interactions and relationships and stuff. So I'm always happy for a Mary Jane or an MJ that figures it out. Yeah. Yeah, because you you want that. You want that to where Peter, oh man, you should have just told her. He's like, no, I don't want to endanger her. She knows, buddy. She's in danger regardless. <laughs> like her yeah. stepfather is out for blood. <laughs> and it's not good on anyone. Just tell her, my guy. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's my own headcanon about Betty yeah. in this show where I she like does. It. Because it, it, it's very similar to that rock sketch on SNL from years and years ago where he's playing 
Clark Kent and he comes back from like being Superman and his shirt's undone and it's all tied and they're like, Oh Clark, where were you? Wink wink and he's like, Oh, I was out getting a scoop. Oh, did you see Superman? He's like, No, I don't hang out with Superman. And they're like, Oh, okay, buddy. Like so like he doesn't know that everyone else all knows. It's so it's so good. It it's it's perfect. So mm-hmm. this kind of plays up to that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love all of this and I love this conversation that just happened. I'm going to offer one alternative that I also kind of love. If you don't want to believe that Betty knows secret identity, then the alternative is that after Spider-Man has his big villain fights, he Betty and Spider-Man as Spider-Man go out for brunch and Spider-Man just dishes about all of his adventures. to her. <laughs> I mean, there are very few people who work at the bugle. It is very, very reasonable right. that she is writing stories as well as being a secretary. <laughs> <It's true>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've never seen a single actual writer no. or journalist no at this newspaper. There's the editor in chief, the secretary and a freelance photographer. Who else is going to be writing these articles? <laughs> well, I mean, but the, the thing about Spider-Man is the fact that it, it's pick and choose on who knows. Yeah. Uh, obviously for like the story wise, but captain Stacy knew as he was dying, Mm-hmm. Was told him like, "Hey, Peter, guess what?" He's like, "How the fuck did you know?" And he's just like, "I'm uh, her father. Why? I'm a police. What? I'm not stupid. Everyone, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of people probably know, buddy. Lots of people probably know. Um, so, and I love. I mean, after you know the first time Spider Man's secret identity went public in Civil War, Jameson's reaction, and I love that moment. It's such a surreal moment because it's the whole idea of superior identities were almost becoming passe like everyone knew yeah daredevil mm-hmm. was i mean matt murdoch was daredevil back in like the 80s thanks right. karen page <laughs> <laughs> like everything else so it was it's just sort of something that's like oh spider-man's identity should be a secret and here's why uh because right. he also didn't like have a lot of friends um <laughs> yeah. even going back to that milk commercial with the avengers uh spider-man wasn't an <laughs> avenger at the time he's just hanging out yeah 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 i mean betty that's one of the things i find really interesting about miles when he interacts with peter is they have very different social circles family circles relationships and mindsets about secret identities and it really is sort of this interrogation of the classic like secret identity rule set um and so i love anything that kind of like challenges that exactly also the other thing at the end of the scene is the fact that somehow peter uses his ventriloquism to it, the way that they play it is that it's almost as if he forced Jonah to say something magically. Like it's like, Oh, he threw his voice up, but Jonah's like fully believing that he said it. Sure. Right. What, why? <laughs> hey, why? Like, Oh, you said it, Jonah. No, I didn't. The yeah. hell are you? You just did that, Peter. <laughs> There's three people in the room. There's like it wouldn't be very hard. And he's standing right in front of him. Like, I think that it wouldn't be that hard to tell unless that they just believe that ventriloquism is magic, which right, would really right. explain everything in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> would explain a lot for this series, I would argue. <laughs> sure. It would offer a lot in the way of what is magic and what is not. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Well, I love that we get these characters back. Mm -hmm. I also love that because they are teamed up with a character who is invisible and who they never show on screen, uh, every time they're like interacting, they just focus very heavily on the three rogues gallery villains. 
so one of my favorite moments uh, and one of my faces here is actually just the three of them listening to Noah Body talk because they're not going to cut to Noah Body. There's nothing to look at. So it's just the three of them standing there blinking a bunch while he talks. Uh, and it cracks me up. It's yeah. so funny. It's such an extended moment. Yeah. It felt like an Eric Andre sketch. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> yes. felt like a weird, absurdist sketch. Yeah, uh, it well, it, it just reminded me of um, during the pan of the early days of the pandemic with WWE. Stone Cold came out there at one point and was like, "If you think Stone Cold is getting ready for WrestleMania, give me a hell yeah!" And there's no one in the audience, and they cut <laughs> to empty chairs. Oh no. <laughs> amazing (laughs) it was the most just why would you do that to this man this man Mm -hmm. specifically so (laughs) it's it was the most just absurd uh, it was great slash also the worst yeah so So funny yeah the the great thing with like these three together too is that like this it is like the version of this frame that you captured where they're smiling is also like a famous meme of the me and the boys thing but it's Mm -hmm. it, it is so weird that like the me and the boys thing like has rhino photoshopped into it. Like, I don't think there's ever a point in the series where it is four of them. It is. Someone was like, they caught a good (laughs) screenshot of three guys laughing together. And then it's like, yeah, but we got to get Rhino in here too, right? Like, right. it's really bizarre that you that's the way must. that the meme generated, this, you know? The, the, yeah, the CFO of the Rhino fan club just commissioned <laughs> it. They exist. Right. They exist. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It might be Derek. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> no, they, it uh... is, no, it's Evan Shaner. <laughs> okay. It is Evan Doc Shaner. <laughs> I do like that it highlights how this show designs all of its characters very individually, right? Like, there's not a specific way that they design characters, um, and I dig that. You know, there's no specific one model for how you do a face on this show. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, Also... I don't know if my brain's just rotted, but there's a moment where Spider-Man has fallen on the dock and he is fully doing the like Cardi B, Megan the Stallion WAP moment. Um, and, uh, and I need that animated. So somebody uh, do my horrible, dirty work and, uh, and make that happen, please. I think your brain is rotted. I, that didn't, I did not see that one. When it, He's not, literally doing the pose. I believe you. It's just funny. <laughs> I was like, I, I all he needs to do is slam that fist on the ground and, you know, <laughs> pop his booty a little bit. And he's right there with him. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite bit also on the docks is just when Spidey's taking out the villains one by one. The way that he tosses Electro onto Vulture, fully ass up, tongue out, uh, it's great. I uh, dig it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks really happy to be there. He looks very... I mean, you know what? I, I, no judgment here. I, <laughs> not a bad position to be in. I like I like this episode, actually. I, think I do, it's, too. Because it is like... It's on. I mean, it really is like the proto Sinister Six episode in the way that so many Sinister Six stories are just villains team up and they don't get along. And Spider-Man yeah. utilizes their weakness, which is that they don't get along. And like, that's it. You know, it's obviously the most ridiculous, simplified version of it. But it is very funny to see the first animated iteration of that story done kind of to a T in this. I think it's great. It also doesn't try to overcomplicate things. It's like for this show, which has 11 minute segments, but sometimes gets more complicated than you would expect. It's actually pretty straightforward. And I appreciate yeah. that about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Let's move on to this uh, this <laughs> next segment. The one really, I mean, the famous if one. If we're talking memes, this is season one, episode nineteen. Again, segment B, entitled "Double Identity." And honestly, just from that title, you can kind of guess that this is the one with the meme. You know the one. Yeah, the episode of Spider-Man people know about even if they don't know about it. Exactly. So the character highlighted here, hopefully you watched it. I, Unlike the Fly Twins, I did not know what was going on in this one. I actually had no idea who the other Spider-Man was in this episode, and it had never been revealed to me. So this oh. was the first time I'd ever seen this segment, and uh, and I had no idea that it was going to be the return of a 67 original Charles cameo. Oh, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> womp womp. Aren't you so, you're so excited about that. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I will know? say... It's much better than his first go-around, I, I would argue. I think his first go-around sucks. This should have been the first Charles cameo episode. Yeah, for sure. If they're going to do a diff... If they're going to do, like, the chameleon but not the chameleon and this, like, fun Shakespearean actor spin right. on it, this, yeah, this should have been it. the first time. Right. Yeah. Because his first appearance was, like, a political thing. Yeah. Which was, feels way more chameleon bad and dumb yeah <laughs> yeah so i have in my notes charles cameo colon not quite clayface not quite chameleon exactly yep yeah yep. yeah yeah this show is <laughs> weird because they clearly are allowed to use spider-man villains but sometimes they just don't but kind of do so like there's kind of a craven who's not craven and there's kind of a chameleon who's not chameleon like it's it's so strange to me uh, that they're going to make an original villain that is so obviously like another that already exists. It had to just be a personal <laughs> it preference may, it, thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, you have a, a similar situation what happened with um, Batman Brave and the Bold. They couldn't use Joker for like the first year because something with his rights were being used elsewhere. Uh, yeah. So you, so you had the villain called Funhouse. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't use the most iconic Batman you villain could, for your for some, Batman it was show. Something, it was something weird. It was very similar to Teen Titans, and they couldn't use certain characters because they were reserved for like live action stuff. Yeah, even in house, like in house rights are really, really weird. Going for like big corporations. I mean, this was right before uh, Marvel Disney, but it, it's very weird how they'll just create somebody new. And that's either to create like new characters they could use later, or uh, they don't feel comfortable using, you know, X Y Z. Is the well, it was the fabled uh, Herbie being used instead of uh, Human Torch because it yeah. was rumored that kids would set themselves on fire, which wasn't true. He was just more, uh, more toyetic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and kids like robots. So that that was. That was the thing too. Yeah. So, that's always that's that one was always so baffling oh, to me though, because it's like, why couldn't you just have Human Torch and Herbie? You could have had Herbie. No. Kids yeah. also like dudes that are on fire in addition to robots. <laughs> like I don't understand. Um, I yeah. also ha I also have my notes. Charles Cameo sounds like Dracula having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, and this is. This is a different performer than the first time. So this is a, a one of those examples of like just a totally different performance He's of the character much we already better. know. Much I love this guy this episode. He's I feel like he knows what he's doing with this like mm -hmm. ridiculous like stuffy actor thing that yeah. he's doing and I think that he nails it. I I love this guy so much more than the first guy. Me too. Spider-Man, you won't get away this time. <laughs> <laughs> like like he wants like it it's it just it's a bad Dracula impression, but at the same time he'll he'll not lengthen syllables, but he'll accentuate syllables. 
So there'll be certain ways where it's like, ah, this happened again. <laughs> like, why would you? Who taught, why are you like this? No wonder you suck as an actor. No wonder you got fired. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you go up there and do some stage delivery and people are just, no, I don't like this guy's canter. I love again so much. <laughs> it's i love it again <laughs> it's just so great well so great. i hate it doug i hate it i hate it a lot uh, it's, it's so unnecessary yeah. so his his the whole persona is unnecessary yeah but that was that was my initial my initial reaction to <laughs> my two descriptions of charles cameo were the uh yeah so yeah he's like two-thirds of chameleon yeah, so yeah, for sure. <laughs> but they did include like the Basil Carlos um, actor pedigree for Clayface, which mm-hmm. is an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting choice, and I kind of, it's. I do think it's fun because I think the problem with his first appearance was that he was just a dude who was good at putting on a mask, and in this case, I do. I think it. I mean, it makes him very silly, but I think that like it does add a flair to him, and I, and it does make me kind of understand why it's like. They if they didn't want to use Chameleon because Chameleon, you know, at this point in the comics was just like a dude and us like a spy or whatever. If they want to have fun with it and make it like basically making fun of bad actors, like this is kind of what you do with it. I mean, you have the opportunity to take these characters and put them on television as opposed to a comic, so they get to be performed. Chameleon is not electric. I mean, he's he is meant to be subtle and and quiet, and he's a spy, right? So, like, if you want to do Chameleon but bombastic, I think you end up with Charles Cameo. Sure, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So this segment opens with a theft at a rare bookshop where Spider-Man learns that the culprit is Peter Parker, which again, since I hadn't seen this segment that take before, me off guard. I was like shocked yeah. because I've seen the <laughs> Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man a million times, but I hadn't seen Spider-Man confronting Peter Parker from this very same episode. Very fun. <laughs> so it's Peter Parker uh, basically robbing a bookshop and Evil Pete ultimately gets away by using his camera's flash and his chauffeur Brutus's mean right hook. Yeah. When Evil Pete returns to safety, he removes what turns out to be a mask, and we learn very quickly that Charles Cameo is up to his old tricks, impersonating people. Um, I would argue uh, much better plans, though, because they don't involve like overthrowing or replacing <laughs> government leaders. Um, he's just stealing art. So his sure. next plan is to impersonate an artist named Salvadore Fricasso <laughs> to steal some rare art by having it removed from the museum for being installed upside down. Salvadore Fricasso. I like, love you know, it. The famous abstract artist. I love it. <laughs> famous I mean, abstract artist who paints like psychedelic black light posters. Right. And they even like give him the like the little do- dolly mustache and everything. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, d- the bookstore is definitely like Miss Trouble's bookstore, right? Isn't it the it exact looks, same? It set? looks exactly the same. I mean, yeah. I did not put them side to side, but it looks the same. That's fun. I like. It that. gives the same vibes at the very least, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same background. Yeah. Paul Souls as evil Peter Parker is really fun. I really like yeah. how he does that. Like, is he still doing the pitched up? young peter voice but it's just mm-hmm. like hey, 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 i'm a bad like it's great i dig it. it yeah like oh why don't you take a look at this antique shakespeare i was gonna do that anyway <laughs> yeah. because, well, well, he could hear you peter uh, <laughs> hear you not peter i love the fl- but i do love the fact that he got away with just 
nonstop shuddering his like flash at this dude. And he's just <laughs> so good. Too old. He just can't look away. He's like, oh, well, I don't have to look at this. I can just grab you from here. Mm-hmm. Just uh, super, super clever. Yeah. Fair. Those powerful flashes. <laughs> I know. I love the way this episode starts because I just, I had no idea. So, so lovely. So lovely. Yeah. Great. So Spider-Man immediately catches on to the Fracasso plan, but is handily thwarted in his attempts to stop Cameo at the museum. Then, when he attempts to stop Cameo again, this time impersonating Jameson, he ends up shot and left for dead in the middle of the street. We learn that he's just grazed. He's fine. But the show does love guns and loves trying to shoot Spider-Man. Don't undercut how bizarre and wild that sequence of events is. Because the cut from the fake J. Jonah Jameson shooting his gun to just cutting to just Spider-Man lying lifeless on the road. And then it goes to commercial after that. Like, this isn't like, did Spider-Man blow up in an explosion that we didn't see? Like, this is like we visibly saw Spider-Man shot dead on the the street. Like, that's a whole other level. Right. And I, I I was telling Derek, like, my favorite part is when the bullet just grazed him. Mm-hmm. Gra- Peter, you're still bleeding. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, his suit is red. Maybe mm-hmm. we're just not seeing the blood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's Jesus. not the first time this show has shot at, at Spider-Man and then implied that he was dead. It's, because they shoot him off yeah, the side of a building at one point. So <laughs> it's not the first time we've seen this. I, I, it's just... Being, He's so lifeless, though. He I is know. so lifeless. <laughs> and all of us having been raised in like the era of like the 90s using laser guns instead of real guns in most mm-hmm. shows and most cartoons, like just seeing these like beautifully rendered pistols that these characters have (laughs) it's just so it's so weird to see that i love it (laughs) and the 90s show fake out where it's like cut to commercial but in the most melodramatic way possible where it's like oh no everybody he's gonna die and even as a kid you're like no he's not this is just like dead on the street quiet (laughs) (laughs) for a very long time So, convinced that Spider-Man is behind all these capers, of course, Jameson begins printing as much in the Bugle. Meanwhile, Cameo is like, I can continue to use Jameson. I've got one more idea, so let's use Jameson for that. But when Spider-Man arrives to stop him, he assumes that Jameson is the phony one again and webs up the real J. Jonah Jameson, allowing Cameo to escape as basically the museum director. And this also convinces Jameson, of course further that spider-man is the villain here furious jameson works with the police to set up a trap for spider-man he prints a story about the relocation of some valuable tapestries assuming that spider-man will show up to steal them but he gets twice what he bargains for when spider-man does show up to steal them and another spider-man shows up to stop them from being stolen and this is where our memes come from (laughs) amazing amazing um you know what i i totally missed i do really like the scene with Spider-Man thinking that Jameson is cameo and like doing, they do Pulling the full his on. It's like the full on <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Let's find out who this really is mm-hmm. before Scooby-Doo has actually existed. Like yep. it's full on that. And then, yeah, just tugging on his mustache. It is adorable. I, and I genuinely didn't expect that. So I was actually like literally laughing out loud when I was watching that. Like this is good. Actually like good shit. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. This episode gives me what I think you think, thought the fly one would give me yeah um because i didn't know anything about this one where i did know stuff about the fly twins you know yeah sure 
Well, after a fun Spidey versus Spidey face-off, the real Spider-Man does manage to web up the phony one and his henchman Brutus. He leaves them for the police, of course, and leaves Jameson whining that despite having bagged the actual bad guy, Spider-Man once again got away. <laughs> no Betty quip at the end, unfortunately. No, no, no Betty quip, but we do get the a nice Irish cop stereotype. We do. The show does love an Irish cop. (laughs) And I think that's a name they've used before. So that might be a continuity thing. That guy's a recurring character at this point, oddly enough. It could also just be that they're making Irish cops and only know the name O'Malley. (laughs) That's possible, too. (laughs) Well, they couldn't use Chief O'Hara. So there you go. Yeah. it's weird that they seem to try to be at the very end. They're trying to make Charles cameos like catchphrase Gadzooks because he says it like a couple of pointed times. He in does. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I guess that can be your catchphrase, but it doesn't really make sense for your character. Like if he's if the dude's like quoting Shakespeare and stuff, I feel like it should be something very like, uh, you know, stuffy and like elitist that he says like Gadzooks is like what a cartoon character says like i don't it doesn't well, really work for me <laughs> he is a cartoon character so it has True. to work for you i guess so yeah you have no choice i have no choice i have to accept it <laughs> i love this episode this might like i'm shocked that the good. episode that spawned the greatest meme from this series is actually also one of the best episodes of the show it's really smart because you really like showing this like a child like the 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 whole thing with getting confused with jameson and the museum organizer manager or curator what i can't remember what he called them that was actually like oh peter got it wrong he's actually like getting duped here and you know yeah no he got to he got to web jameson and he thinks he's right and then he can't pull off his mustache so (laughs) he Peter understands like, oh, I'm I'm really out of my league and I can't make a special web to get this, you know, to fix this problem. I'm going to just have to kill him or, you know, whatever he does, (laughs) just whatever Spider-Man does here. Sure. (laughs) Definitely murders him. A hundred percent. That's totally what I remember happening. That's what I I was like. Charles Cameo was never seen again. You shot me dead in the street. So I'm going to do that back to you. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Spider-Man's out for blood. Radioactive blood. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, it it just it's it's very interesting. And then, you know, I actually have my notes. The meme exclamation Mm -hmm. point. So good. So it is very interesting uh, in that moment because even you don't know who the real Spider-Man is in that moment. Yeah. Because they cut away to a camera in a certain way, then they land, and then you kind of have to figure it out. Uh, Since he doesn't have his spider strength, then Peter just kind of whips him around. But he is able to, like, cling somehow, question mark? Yeah, there's a lot of questions about that. (laughs) A lot of questions on what spider powers he actually has. But he has webbing for some reason, also, question mark? Yeah, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> they don't really explain it. They're just Spider-Man's just like, wow, you even copied my webbing. That seems like a pretty big leap that he captured your technology like that previously. He was just deal. a master of disguise. That's a big deal that you're very much underplaying here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, like he he can do this. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just very, very interesting to uh, get to this point where it's not a comic-based villain that almost takes him down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Also, like I, th- one, of the, one of the things to your to your both of your points was like, you know, you don't really know what's going on through some of the episode. It, you genuinely don't know who is in who is Charles cameo at certain points, and you don't know which Spider Man is which in that last scene until Spider Man is really able to one up him. And I do think that like I'm going to air a grievance on here for a oh, second. Are you? Yeah. Mm, okay. Because. In we have we had in the '90s show. Yep. In the first few yep. seasons of it, they do a, they. I will say they do mediate it in like the fourth season, I think. But the first three seasons, whenever Chameleon shows up, he has that fucking belt that always shows up every time Chame- Chameleon is in disguise. And, and, and it's we always got a, a little bit of pushback from somebody involved yeah. in that show. Who yeah, was because like, you have to remember it's made for kids. Oh, I'll and call him like, out. I'll call oh, him out. It was, it was Mark. It was Mark Hoffmeyer, one of the it writers was. on the '90s Spider-Man show, because he posted a clip from one of our episodes. Where just complaining about it because because it's we understandably like it's like okay they're doing it for the audience to keep track of who the chameleon is but then there's an episode where the chameleon's back and it's like revealed later on in the episode that it's chameleon so it's sort of like well this is supposed to be kind of like you're not really knowing what's going on it's supposed to reveal except he's wearing the big fucking gaudy chameleon belt so you know exactly who it is and mark and we posted that clip and mark hoffmeyer was like well you know it's a kids show right we're writing it for kids and like fair kids can have fun things too kids can have mysteries too and guess what in this show they let it this is a show for children in 1960 fucking eight and they let it be a mystery and let you be confused by who charles cameo is so you could do it you don't need the fucking belt our ongoing feud with mark hoffmeyer apparently apparently that's a thing it it, is so funny because it's one of those things where batman the animated series knew its audience it's still a show for kids yeah sure yeah but it's a show for everyone but right. it never made you feel stupid yeah mm-hmm. it never talked down to you and there's a lot of instances where that situation in spider-man spider-man show talks down to its audience a lot yeah mm-hmm. uh re-watching it when it hit disney plus i did an x-men uh in spider-man rewatch x-men's fine uh, it's not as great as people remember it. Uh, it's very melodramatic, and I think it's over dramatic sure. in some instances. Uh, I do like a lot of the episodes. There are some episodes that are genuinely just you wrote that for kids. Oh my god! Like the Nightcrawler <laughs> episode at the end with like Logan praying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's I'm Jewish, but that still was like oh my god! Like this <laughs> centuries old killer is just like hey, we're good, right, God? And God's like. No, we have, <laughs> a lot, we have a lot of talking to do, but we'll we'll get there. I promise. So it it's just it, it's interesting to see how children's television evolved, and we can see that not in real time, but we can definitely see the evolution now with these comic adaptations. Mm-hmm. You know, even going back to if you really want to go back, you can go back to the Batman serials uh, from the forties that are super super stupid but <laughs> and then going into like the captain you know the captain marvel movies and then going into who is after that comic book wise oh my god uh i know then we probably get to the 60s so not really a whole bunch of other things we get to the tv shows so we have like wonder woman in the 70s we have the you know hulk yeah. tv show we have uh, the Red Brown <laughs> Captain America movie, uh, <laughs> which I I unabashedly love the 1990 Captain America movie. 
unabashedly sure. love that. I love it so much. And then obviously in 80, uh, early 90s, uh, part of the X-Men pilot, mm-hmm. you oh, have yeah. Spider-Man, his amazing friend, Spider-Man, uh, all this. And then you have the X-Men crossover with Canadian Wolverine making his first appearance. Everyone thinks <laughs> Canadian Wolverine made his appearance in part of the X-Men. No, he was voice as an Australian in yeah. his in the X-Men cameos in <laughs> Spider-Man and his amazing friends. So and he was created by two he was created by two Canadians. So I don't know how that happened, but here we are. Um well, maybe one Canadian. Was it's like the, the, the no, Wolverine the, the animal Wolverine, a famously Australian animal, right? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> It just it's so so bizarre, but I mean a lot of those voices because who may part of the X Men got Sunbow right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I that was right. so. Yeah. So you had a lot of those GI Joe voices coming in. Yeah, like Duke is Cyclops. <laughs> uh, so just really weird stuff like that. Yeah, but you can see the evolution of what happened and how they got smarter and how you know people our age when they eventually made cartoons. I remember talking to. Um, J.G. Quinnell created regular show. Yeah. And how he got started working on Adventures of Flapjack. Yeah. And he talked oh. about he that's how he got to start. I love that show so and much. So <laughs> talking to him was just like he's like, I know what adults, you know, as an adult now, I know what I don't want to see in kids entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that's what regular show is. It's <laughs> it's yeah. we can keep the jokes that we're gonna find funny but still be absolutely insane for kids. But there is a threshold that adults can carry over, uh, you know, specifically just for, you know, being able to withhold uh, from watching a show with kids. And I didn't want to make that show. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying every adult can watch, you know, Flapjack or Chowder. That's Mm -hmm. your mileage may vary, but I wanted to make regular show for everybody. To where it is aimed for children, yes, but adults can still be in on the fun. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we haven't had a cartoon like that maybe since I'm going to say Batman: Brave and the Bold. Hmm. And I love Batman: The Animated Series, but Batman: Brave and the Bold is it's definitely made for everybody. Yeah, it's made for kids for sure. getting intru- like trying to introduce yeah. them to Batman super easy stuff but adults handle it because of like all the cameos and like all the silver like the aquaban uh road trip episode with he takes his family on a road trip also john imaggio's aquaman oh my god oh, so good great just incredible galaxy brain great. casting for sure <laughs> yes absolutely because he, he you just make him like an adventurer, a bored adventurer who's just like yes i go on you with anything who cares yeah and uh, Diedrich Bader played the ultimate Batman of just I'm very serious, very very serious. However, however, I know how to have fun. Here's how. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like you know, gives the Batman from the multiverses. If Batman does not eat nachos, so you have you know the the, the humor of the '66 show there with some you know the sensibilities and aesthetics of like the Silver Age, but you still have contemporary characters like Jaime Reyes. And uh, Jason, Jason, the the second oh, firestorm. I can't remember his name. Oh my Roosh, god, Roush. Yeah, it's one of those. That, it's one right. of those. Don't quote me. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> firestorm fans. Don't, don't kill me. Um, I promise. I know my comics. I swear to God. 
but in <laughs> so would you have a thing like that we don't really have like a comic show or much less like, like comic movies like that there there's no this generation's batman Animated series there's no this generation's like what do we have titans it's all really fractured i think because you have <laughs> your you know you you're either like the ones that are aimed towards adults or whatever um where it's you know specifically marketing like this is your dark edgy violent one where they swear and have sex on it or it I mean, I guess like you could argue that like like the live action CW stuff is kind of for everyone. Like I wouldn't say that that's marketed for like adults. Maybe you could say it's marketed for teens, but it's also like it's not uh, no shade, but it is also isn't like the smartest stuff on television ever made. No, you know, like kids will enjoy those shows. You know, so mm-hmm. okay, I get that. And then <laughs> yeah. you you have Teen Titans Go, but again, there's those fans that were like, oh, this sucks. Like, right. why does this suck? Like, yeah, because it's cartoony. Oh my God! Guess what? Oh, yeah. you're not going to believe this. It's a cartoon, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I, 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 and I love, and I love Teen Titans. Uh, I love Teen Titans Go. Yeah, because of the absurdity. I do yeah. not watch it for. I, I watch it for Robin being a complete dick to anyone and everyone just because he could. I, I love Teen Titans Go to the movies. That was <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I remember just. Like the deep cut of like Robin couldn't even get onto the red carpet because he got moved on by uh, Challengers of the Unknown, and just like oh my god, they included the Challengers on this. And <laughs> if anyone who doesn't know Challengers of the Unknown, they were the Fantastic Four before the Fantastic Four were the Fantastic <laughs> Four. Um, so you know we 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 do have like those deep cuts that we you know kind of appreciate. Uh, for people who like me know way too much about way too much. <laughs> and, but we don't have a, we don't really have a show like that. And it's interesting to see if we'll ever see a show like Spider, Fox's Spider-Man, Fox's X-Men. I think maybe the current iteration of Marvel as a whole is almost too good at choosing its demographics for its specific things it's making. Yeah. So like it, it doesn't, seem to really cross those demographics unless it is um comics or the movies right like i feel like if if they're coming out with a show you know exactly who it's specifically aimed at which doesn't mean people outside of the democrat can't appreciate it but you know exactly who it's being made for and i think it's just that sort of like massive company trying to make something for as many different demographics as possible as yeah. opposed to trying to capture many demographics with one thing right because it because there is i mean they're just like well we can make like 14 different batman shows at the same time yeah. we don't have to have our batman the animated series that's sort of you know aiming to to be the batman for everyone because we can make a bunch of them for every single demo separate demographic and like i i there's advantages to that and like it's kind of in a lot of ways like it's cool that like we can have the harley quinn tv show that is very particularly aimed for the audience it's aimed for and then also you know probably have i don't know i don't even know if there is a batman show dc superhero girls sure something like that aimed thing yeah like it's cool that we have that but it is kind of a bummer that there isn't something that's sort of like a communal experience anymore for these things like Mm -hmm. no yeah we don't weird well i think largely they're relying on the movies to do that you know yeah I think that's kind of what it is, but it's it stinks that there's no animated version of that because there used to be. Yeah, right. I mean, off the heels of the horniest Batman movie ever made, Batman <laughs> Returns. 
like <laughs> we have Batman the animated series right like in the chamber, ready to go, just mm-hmm. super success. And it's hard to explain to you know people who are just turning, you know, maybe 30, the absolute power, or even like Gen Z in a whole, the absolute power of Batman 89 and Batmania that yeah. happened for like five years. Because then you had that momentum going into Batman Forever, and it was like mm-hmm. the, so. It, it just it's so weird talking about to Gen Z in general. It was like that Twitter post that went around where it was this girl on TikTok talking about if different directors did like superhero movies, and the first instant was this is what it would look like if Tim Burton did Batman, <laughs> and. <laughs> And and so the other person was like, "Are you got to be kidding?" His me. second oh. one isn't even subtly him. Like it and, uh, is, it's very what? him. What? Like and it's and like, are you talking about because this is like art theft or like because bat or because Tim Burton directed? And I don't movie when, when and they're like, I refuse to talk to someone who doesn't understand the power of the most like the biggest movie of nineteen eighty nine, like Michael. Michael Keaton literally still like acts in things yeah. and makes references to him being Batman. Like right. it's not like it's a obscure thing. That's it's so thing. weird. No, it's like it, I, no, it, I will show you this. I will show because it's someone in the comments that are like, "Well, we don't have to learn everything that came before us." It's not like we know. You know, Beethoven is my favorite. I understand, line. My favorite. Well, and I get that. I understand and I, the they, sentiment, they use the, but... no, they use the words Beethoven's discography. Oh, well, okay. I mean, <laughs> right. right. Here's my th- like I I I am never going to try to be the person who like makes fun of a younger person for like not sure. knowing the right like classic rock yeah, band or whatever. Have to. Yeah. Yeah, but if fun. you're going to if you are going to create content or make some sort of statement about, you know, the entertainment right. Uh, like it, it, all of that information is available to you. And in this particular case, like you were saying, Derek, like it's not even like it's buried in time. It's, it's not like it's not widely known and still discussed and in entertainment news, like right now right. that Michael there's, Keaton was Batman. There's literally all these discussions of like <laughs> Michael Keaton cameoing as Batman in a movie, but it's canceled, but isn't in it? Like that's like a thing in the, if you're part of Batman discourse at all, it's going to come up. That's baffling that's to so me. so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> Again, like I, I just think it's weird. I'm not trying to dog and generalize on a whole generation, but when you are just purposefully unaware of things, yeah that's weird to me when you're willfully like saying we're not obligated to know anything that happened before us it's that's- it's one thing for for like the outside observer to 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 make that statement it's another thing for the person themselves to make that statement because then it feels like sort of willful defiance of 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 knowledge <laughs> like yeah that, that, right that, that feels different than me being like i'm not gonna give you shit for this yeah uh, that's different than them being like you shouldn't give me shit for this or i refuse to do the thing you're giving me shit for <laughs> right uh, right yeah. so yeah it, it's it's one of those things uh oh for example we love them here we love we love ashadia i mean but she didn't know again it's like weird things she didn't know that liza minnelli was judy garland's daughter i i can understand that more because that's not like i feel like that's an avoid a more avoidable fact like or like a fact that you could not run into or be oblivious to than like 
the Batman movies existing because they're constantly coming out. <laughs> there's constantly people talking about them. I just, like, like in her defense, people aren't con- aren't talking about Liza Minnelli that often unless a I get specific it. thing I get it. it's happens. just funny to but it is me. wild to learn that R- yeah right it's just, i didn't it's grow just... up knowing that and i'm gay and i it took me a moment <laughs> to know that so i can't give her shit <laughs> right no we don't we don't give her shit for this it's just it's just a funny generational thing yeah. of like oh they don't know a lot of just public not like i don't know that's well, just yeah. me it's just well, me the, and my 40 year old ass just like how do you <laughs> not what? No. No, I think there's a truth there, which and, and I think the truth is that like pop culture in general has just exploded to be so much more than it like it just exponentially grows in the amount of it there is, right? Yeah. And part of that is how much is available and produced, and part of it is just time passing and like what the actual history of pop culture as we understand it to be is, right? The more there is, the more of it falls by the wayside. And I think that's fascinating. Like some things that we expect to endure forever will probably and then some things we thought would endure uh just won't and i think was it derek i feel like you and i were just having a conversation about this about either movies or something where it's like how did like flash in the pan stuff that was like really popular that you thought people would be talking about for a long time Mm. but then just no one talks about it anymore yeah, I don't remember what the conversation was. We were talking about the, the OC is what we were talking about. Oh, it was about. the OC. That's <laughs> yes. right. That's right. Things that at the time you would have assumed no one would ever stop talking about. Yeah. But then no one talks about it anymore. So I think there is a truth there. And I think some of it is unfortunately like a willful like rejection of like what the old people care about. Right. Yeah. Um, and then right. some of it is yeah. just this natural, like falling by the wayside yeah. of it, you can only, you can only know so much. Yeah. And, and, and it's <laughs> pop culture is so fragmented now, like among, I mean, it's like we were talking about earlier. It's, it's a, there's, it's less common to have a communal pop culture experience now just across the board because everyone is very segmented into the very particular kinds of media that they're into now and the pop culture that they pay attention to, I think more than it ever was before, because it's easier to only hone in on what you specifically are interested in and just be kind of oblivious to everything else. And it's like cool in some ways, because I don't have to like pretend to care about some celebrity, like celebrity pairings that I don't care about, but also it makes it weird when it's just like, yeah, but there really isn't, there really are very few things that all of us can kind of share when that used to be the norm that like everyone in, a, in, in society had a few things at least that mm-hmm. they all kind of shared together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and all of this came from, you know, what is a communal experience are Spider-Man pointing memes. We all know what that is. <laughs> Circling right there. back. We've all been there. All spawn from that. All starts from the Spider-Man pointing meme. <laughs> beautiful yeah i mean if we're gonna talk about like favorite moments frames faces i mean like we have to mention the pointing meme of course yeah. i mean it has to be there it's just it's it is the most iconic moment of this show and there are several iconic moments from this show yeah um so much so that it's referenced in you know a perfect movie in into the (laughs) Mm spider-verse um so we gotta we gotta exactly. highlight that you know yeah but also i love this moment where spider-man has been attacked with paint but looks like he has been caught like causing trouble <laughs> like he looks like me when i got caught drawing on the wall like that's what this moment looks like and i love it yeah drawing on the wall when you were like 25 right that's oh yeah like yes right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great it's a great image. I love I love like the matte painting uh paint yeah. in the background. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Good. I'm so glad that like the famous meme came from a good episode. This Me is a, these are like two good segments of the show. You know, like I said, I, I I got a lucky draw here. You yeah. really, really did. Yeah, because there have been a few <laughs> stinkers recently from this yeah. show. I will say. Well, just a couple weeks ago, we had Shadia on, and her draw sucked. <laughs> yeah, she got some awful episodes. Unfortunately, it's just like I hate this show. Uh-huh. <laughs> Only going to watch it when I'm this? drunk. Why did How you make dare me do you? this? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, this has been great, Land. Do you have any other closing thoughts about this this show or anything that we missed from these episodes? From your notes, is there a petition to like uh, make this show streaming? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I think I think Derek, you sort of referenced this. Like, it, it it's possible. Part of the reason is that no one seems to be demanding it. Like, there are certainly people that. who want it, but I don't know that there is like a movement for it in the way that spectacular there was like a movement behind to have it available right yeah um so i don't i don't know i'm not sure that there there like, is one i don't want to be the guy to make a change.org petition yeah. but like maybe we have to be the <laughs> there, guy there are better ways to do it you know okay. so fair, I, th- maybe fair. maybe we can figure out a better way to do it <laughs> yeah yeah maybe we got to spearhead this because yeah. they don't have support you know um <laughs> I just don't want to be annoying on the internet. Right. No, I, I never want to be that but guy. Annoying on the internet. <laughs> no I mean, I that. fail at that every day. I know I always am, but I don't want to try to. If I can prevent that, I will try to prevent being the annoying guy on the internet. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. We'll see. We'll see if we can get it done. <laughs> well, I, I thank you for having me on. So I, I mm-hmm. hope I've not been completely boring. Oh, no. Oh, this gosh. Been no. Are great. You kidding? We've had some fantastic <laughs> conversations. Yeah, great to have you on for these great episodes, Lynn. If you if people want to, you know, find you online, find anything you're working on, and, and plug away on anything that you have coming out or that you want people to check out right now. Uh, I have a few things coming out. Uh, none of which. Wait, what days? No, I cannot talk about them yet. Um, but <laughs> this episode drops Ooh. literally a, a week from today. So, yeah. oh I no, just, I, I no, it won't be won't darn. Be for a minute. Uh, but I guess you'll just uh, have to follow Lan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So follow me uh, on Twitter if we're still there. Um, <laughs> my username is Pitstoff. That's P I T T S C D underscore O W F. And it's mainly me talking about wrestling, my cats, my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you listen to this and you have questions or think I suck or have, I, you know, if you remember a regular show. I don't know. Again, people forget things. So no one's been talking about regular shows. So people might have already forgotten. I I still see <laughs> yeah. people talking about it, and I know yeah. part of that is the algorithm. I'm sure, but I still it, it is frequently discussed as alongside Adventure Time, a show yeah. that changed okay. animation. So yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. People still talk know. about it. For sure. I will. I'm always, I, I'm always down. Yeah, I have not. That's a show that I've only seen a little bit of, and it's been on my to watch list forever. So I know that I'll like it, and I love like um. I know Bill Oakley worked on that show, and I love him to death. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no regular show. I've only ever heard good things about it. So yeah, anyone who wants to, I don't know, talk to me about Disney trivia or Adventure Brothers or whatever. I'm I'm always around. Let's uh, <laughs> uh, let's dish. Yeah. For sure. I'll save you from from this plug. Follow Lan. It's great stuff. And check out all of his <laughs> comics. Thank you. <laughs> if you want to hear more from us, check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash WallopingWebSnappers. we got plenty of bonus content on there. Uh, over 100 bonus episodes. So mm-hmm. if you like hearing from us, there's the easy way to do it. 
You can also chat with us on our Discord. We have a link in the show notes if you want to join us there and chat with all other Wahoo Web Snappers listeners. In the meantime, if you'd like to find Doug and I individually, where can we find you, Doug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. I'm still deep in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, so if you are into that, you can listen to me talking about it on Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. Derek was on it recently. We talked about stories and characters. It was a great conversation, so check that out. Um, And if you like books and videos, games my friend katie and i have a podcast called novel gaming where we catch up on the media we've been consuming lately what about you derek sure you can find me on twitter at derek b gale you can also find my podcast gimmicks which looks at the high concept experimental structure breaking gimmicky episodes of television we have a different show and a different guest for every episode um it will be back for new episodes sometime in 2023 so if you want to get updates follow it on twitter and instagram at gimmicks pod or wherever you get your podcasts you can also find another podcast that Doug and I were doing together mm. called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon uh, where we were watching every Pixar film chronologically, but we watched every Pixar film all <laughs> that has ever been released so we far. We did it. So all episodes of that are out now, including our end of marathon retrospective. You can find the Falling with Style feed anywhere you get your podcasts or on our website, wallopingwebsnappers.com, where we have a full archive of both Wallopping Web Snappers and Falling with Style. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod. You can email us, wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all podcast platforms. Next week, we are concluding the first season of the very first Spider-Man cartoon in Sting of the Scorpion and Trick or Treachery. I'm excited. Yeah, see you then. Bye. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome, fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big hang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find a Spider-Man.